Are you thinking about buying leads? What's new and what do you need to know to get the most out of your purchase? We'll find out on part one of this two-part episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement that helps small and mid-market companies escape the fully insured marketplace and deliver stability, control, and savings without watering down employees' benefits or increasing their premium share. If you have clients in the educational institution or the engineering vertical, go to our website at CaptivatedHealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. You know, interestingly, on the Shift Shapers podcast, just when you think that you've touched every possible subject in an interview that you could have talked about, you realize that there are things yet to be discussed. And one of those things, and surprisingly that we haven't really talked about it, is leads, which is something that's critically important for a lot of benefit advisors and their firms, especially the the smaller firms and the more directed firms. And so we're pleased today to be talking with Richard Bufkin. Richard is president of Target Leads, which is a lead generation firm. They specialize in the senior market, but there's loads of data and information and tips here that I think will be applicable to no matter what market you're in. So with that, welcome, Richard. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. A little bit about the background, because this is the, you're part of a very old line business that's not acting as an old line business. So let's talk about your history. Target Leads began in 1985, and my family took over the company in 1992. So we've been generating leads uh, for 32 years uh, totally. I came to work for the company right after the dot-com bust in uh, 2001. And I've been here since and, and been really running the company for about 12 years now. So when lots of us think about buying leads, we think about it kind of the way it might have been when, when your family started the business. And there's there are loads of things that are different. This is kind of not your father's Oldsmobile anymore. What are some of the new innovations and the, new, the differences between how – as a benefit advisor, I might have interacted with your firm in 85 or even sooner and, and today. Well, a lot of things have changed and a lot of things are still the same. One of the things is how the business is really modernized is obviously with the internet and communications. On a daily basis, uh, we've got producers that are coming to us from a multitude of, uh, of vehicles, whether it be from referrals or from SEO, but dealing with us directly, a lot of the work that's being done is is being generated by the agent themselves and less and less by us. Uh, there's lots of tools on our websites and, and on, on other companies like ours where you can very easily go and find the total number of people that are within your target market. So we've got tools that allow agents to go play and, and move demographics from ages to incomes and zip codes. And so now producers and agencies can get a very, very clear picture of where their target market is, how big it is, uh, just on the fly right from our website. 
So even before they decide that, you know, that they're going to place an order or they're going to get some leads or do a test, a couple of test mailings, they can get demo, they can get information about the market. Is now is that relative to in your firm and others, is that relative to particular product lines or particular segments of the market? It is. And this is actually one of the places where our clients will make mistakes. So we've, we call it running counts. You're, you're running a, to figure out what the count is of the people in this demographic. And one of the places where we, we see a lot of mistakes happening is that an agent will think that they know what their, what their prime demographics are. And they'll run these counts and come to us and say, hey, this is what we want to do. And we'll say, no, that's not exactly what you want to do. You're close, but but because of how you've, let's say, gauged the income, you're going to leave out a big section of people that really want to buy. Or moreover, we see on the high end of incomes where people will include all incomes for a lot of products and the products are not applicable to, let's say, high income people. Uh, so you're just wasting money by sending mail to people that, that it's not right for. So whenever clients go through our count system and try to find their demographics and say, hey, look, I've, I've got all this stuff ready to go. Um, this is a big part of what we do as a company to really audit whatever someone thinks that they want to do so that we're using our experience and our expertise to guide the client and make sure that every piece of mail gets in the, in the right mailbox. Now, when you, when you talk about mail, we'll pop around a little bit here, but when you talk about mail, are you still talking about traditional hard snail mail or email or both? Absolutely. Mail, physical mail in the mailbox is still the best ROI of really any lead generation tool specifically for the senior market. It is, it is, it is amazing how well it continues to work. And the bulk of our mail is, is coming out in black and white fashions. We find it depends upon the product. Um, but the more color you put on a piece, typically the lower your response rate will be. That doesn't mean it's amazing. It's amazing that so much of it is still black and white, very basic and very effective marketing. Is that color versus black and white thing more of a more of a demographic? Does that resonate with just the the more the senior market prospects, or is that are you finding that across the board? I find it across the board, but a lot of it comes down to logos. So I'll give you an example. Uh, I have my property and casualty and, and my house stuff all through uh, State Farm. So anything that State Farm sends me, I'm going to open it because I have a relationship with that logo. Now, if you're sending logoed mail to people that do not have an, uh, an association with that company, the open rate goes way down. Whereas simple teaser language, like you know, 2017 Medicare updates, that kind of languaging op- makes the open rate much, much higher. So in mail, you, it's called the mail moment. Every day you get your mail and you basically put it into three piles. Yes, maybe, and straight to the recycle bin. And so the goal of the mail is to get to the yes or the maybe pile. And then once it's opened, you've got about seven seconds to grab their attention and to get them to continue to read. Right. So then when you've got the right message to the right demographic, this becomes easier. 
and then making it as easy as possible for the person to reply. You asked earlier about what's different and uh, this not being your grandfather's direct mail. The reply options are a lot that's changed. So we get a lot of uh, a lot of our mail is just send this back, this send this postage paid card back for free information. And so then they you know put their name and their phone number on it and send it back to us. There are other options. Obviously, a, a phone number is a very easy thing to add to a mail piece. Uh, but more and more, we're utilizing Pearl's personalized URL. So it would say something uh, like either send this card back in or go to richardbuffkin.targetleads.com. So then the consumer goes to that website and it says, hi, Richard, uh, you know, thank you very much for your interest in this product. And then you've got a, a, a brief website to capture them as a lead. So a kind of traditional squeeze page. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you're, I call it print to digital. So you're, you're taking a print mail and driving them to a digital format. One, more and more people in the senior demographic are, are more accustomed to using um, computers and they were even, you know, every year just gets a little bit more exponential. But then also <clears throat> the speed of contact. So the person, we send something out first class, let's just say on, um, on June 1 in the house on June 3rd and in the afternoon of the June 3rd, the agent or agency has got a lead. That's amazing. Now, setting up these pearls and some of the squeeze pages and, and other things and data collection is stuff that some brokers may be familiar with. Some may not be familiar with at all. Is that something that, that you and, and other list vendors who are operating today's market can traditionally help advisors with? Right. Absolutely. So it's more than just coming to you to buy leads. Right. Over the last 12 years, we've really morphed from a lead generation company to a total marketing company. Right? Agents need a lot more than just leads. And there are other companies that do a lot of the things that we do for agents. But you, you, know, you, you really need a marketing organization, not just a company that's going to take your order and drop mail. So you really need somebody with a lot of expertise and experience to know what will affect response rates, what's going to work better, what's not going to work as well, uh, and really guide the agent and the client to, to the best marketing program. And a lot of times when companies, they've got really, really good ideas and they've got new products that need to be sold. And so one of the neat things about direct mail is that you can test this stuff for relatively small amounts of money. You can do a thousand pieces or two thousand pieces and do three different versions of it, right? So six thousand pieces with three different creatives, and you'll get a pretty decent idea of, of which road is best to go down. So the other thing about the technology side is that the leads that that we receive for our clients, we put them into to our system, our our CRM system, and that allows us to help track all the way down to the zip code level how productive the mail piece is. So if you mail to Beverly Hills and then you mail to Riverside, California, those are two very different cities. So being able to look back that granularly to see where your message is resonating best is another part of guiding the client to how their marketing is going to continue in the future. And now a word from our sponsor. 
Captivated Health is a single-source solution for your clients and prospects in the education and engineering verticals. The founders of Captivated Health have 35 years' experience working with healthcare and benefit clients, and over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems mid-market clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing healthcare costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace. Until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems and does so with virtually no disruption to employees while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to your education and engineering clients that you advise. To learn more about Captivated Health's solution, go to our website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on our logo on the Shift Shapers website. So do you recommend that if somebody has not done this before that they kind of take that same old approach they talk about getting in a swimming pool as TGIF, toes going first, to start small and do a few different tests to get a better sense of where you're going to be more effective before you start blasting out thousands of emails? Absolutely. Thousands of pieces of mail, not, not emails, right? Absolutely. And that, that's one of the neat things about it is that you, you can do a thousand pieces, which is really the minimum number for a very relatively small amount of money and figure out if this is going to work for you. Another question that we get a lot is, you know, which piece, which piece is best? Which do most agents do? And our reply is, it doesn't really matter what most agents are doing. It matters what's going to work best for you. And so we've got different options and, and we can guide people. You've mentioned a couple of times response rates or open rates. If I'm new to this and once we've done the, the test mailings that we want to do and we, we kind of know what areas seem to have the best response, what kind of a response rate should I look for? It depends upon the product. For typical Medicare, um, let's just say kind of generic Medicare or Medicare supplement mailings, anywhere from 2 to 5%. So really call it two and a half, three percent in the Medicare realm. If you're talking about life insurance, like final expense insurance, that's closer to one, one and a half percent. Uh, and to give you give you an idea of, of how products will change over time, the best example is long-term care insurance. Ten years ago, we used to get two, two and a half percent for long-term care insurance. Now every campaign, you're just trying to get to one percent. But if you look at the commissions of those different products that I mentioned, it kind of all makes sense. So let's just say that a commission on a med sub is $400. So if you, if you get 20, if you get a 2% response rate, you get 20 leads and you sell four of them, well, you're, you, you've got $1,600 in commissions, right? And a long-term care situation where you're trying to get, let's say, 10 leads and you sell one of them. Well, your commission is $1,600, let's say. So it's like the more expensive the product, typically the lower the response rate will be. Annuities are another very good example of that. So to generate the same amount or a similar amount of commission, you've, you've got to do more mail. And it, it's, it's, a, it's a demographic thing is, is another big part. The higher the income, typically the lower the response rate will be. So is, is that one of the typical pitfalls that you find with new advisors who are, who are using this direct mail for the first time is that they tend to focus on, gee, I only got back 10 leads out of this mailing rather than 
holy cow, this, this cost a thousand dollars, but I just made nine grand. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. So we always say it's, it's not the cost of the lead that matters. It's the cost of the sale. I know you guys specialize in the senior market, but, but across the board, what are some of the other products industry-wide that are being marketed this way successfully? A lot of mortgage protection insurance is, is done through direct mail. So you're looking at, at new homeowners. Um, you pull a new homeowner's file typically for that. Small businesses, restaurants, and you know, it, it, any small business, uh, direct mail is, is very appropriate for uh, for small businesses or, or things where you've, you've got a strict geographical concern, uh, it's very easy to mail one mile from your shop or five mile radius from your office. We've got a lot of clients that, that have a storefront right in the insurance space. And uh, you, you do a piece of mail with, with basically you know, their storefront on it and a map. You know, Come here to learn about XYZ. And on the other side of it, I suspect that if you have uh, a benefit advisor who's used to traveling to their clients and doesn't have that kind of retail front-facing operation, that you could buy your leads and mail geographically so that if you're trying to concentrate, if you get five or six or seven leads and you're going to go out and see them, they're in zip code one, and then a couple of weeks later, drop another batch of mail to zip code two so you're not bombing all over the place in, in a very erratic fashion. That's a great question. We, we call it clustering your activity, right? We want to help you cluster your activity in zip code A for the next two or three weeks. And then we'll move around kind of like a clock face from a radius of where you live. So first, we're going to start on the north side, and then we're going to move to the east and then to the south and then to the west. And the other thing that that does by taking that much time to get all the way around is it helps zip codes rest. And by that, I mean, you've got to, one thing that everyone's really got to consider is, is how frequently you are mailing a message to a household. You've got to be careful about not bombarding over and over and over again. It's like getting the same email in your box over and over and over again from some entity. Pretty soon you're going to hit unsubscribe and, and, and kind of have a, a real distaste for that entity. Well, it's the same thing around mail. You've got to be very respectful of people of people's mailboxes. We operate on what we call a 90-day file, which means that we don't remail any household, really anything, for, for 90 days. I know other companies that do 45 and 60 days. We have found that 90 days is a very good time. So that, one, you're keeping the response rate higher. You're making those zip codes more productive over time. And you're, you're, being, you're being respectful. One of the things that you mentioned er, earlier on in our conversation was how important a CRM system is. And I know some smaller shops still don't have a, an insurance-based CRM. When you get data back, it, does your system feed into my CRM? And if I don't have one, should I? <laughs> CRMs are the most important tool that really any company, I don't doesn't matter if you're selling insurance or benefits or or ice cream, CRMs are imperative. You've got to have, and I don't call it, I really think of it as a, as a customer relationship uh, tool. So if you don't have one and you're still working from paper, please stop today. Go find a system. We've got one. It's great. It's designed for this entity, but there's lots of other really good ones out there. So CRM is imperative 
most importantly, so you treat every lead or every referral or everyone that, that you meet as a $1,000 bill. You know, we talked about response rates earlier, and let's say that that response rate worked out to a $25 lead. It's not a $25 lead. It's a $1,000 bill. And uh, I really think that every producer needs to think about every name they get in those terms. So if you've got a $1,000 bill sitting there, aren't you going to protect it? and take care of it and treat it nicely. And one of the biggest things that a CRM will, will do, and it, it sounds so trivial, but it's so important, is it will help the agent do what they say that, that they're going to do, when they say they're going to do it, and how they say they're going to do it. So by simply having a calendar where you say, okay, ma'am, I enjoyed talking to you. I'll wait till your husband gets back in town. I'll give you a call on Thursday at 1 o'clock. Make sure that you're calling that person on Thursday at one o'clock. It'll set you apart in, in ways that, that you probably don't even realize. And, and consumers, a lot of consumers remember when you say you're going to call them and they put it in their calendar. So a CRM, you, you, you can slice and dice your data and figure out which zip codes are best responding and to whom you're selling the most of this kind of product versus that kind of product. And, and you can write letters and send out thank you cards and all these cool things that, that software will allow you to do. One of the most important parts of it is, is making sure that you've got a call log of when you're going to call people. It needs to be very simple. CRMs, when you're working a specific lead, inputting your notes for that record really shouldn't take you more than 30 seconds, right? Respecting the $1,000 bill. After you hang up the phone or leave someone's uh, house, you better make sure that you're spending 30 seconds recapping and planning your next course of action for that consumer. So the leads that we generate, about half of our clients all of their leads go directly into our CRM. And then the other half, they either get them digitally via PDF or we're still mailing them the physical cards or our system can route the leads digitally into your CRM. A lot of great information and, and stuff to think about. And you started the conversation by saying a lot has changed and a lot hasn't changed. And, and that's certainly true, but there's a lot to think about here. Richard Bufkin, president of Target Leads. Richard, Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with the Shift Shapers audience. Thank you very much for having me. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved.